2: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. I am stoked. Got Matt Connor here. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, my man. I'm good. Summer breeze.
0: Makes me feel fine. That's me, man. I just, I laid in a hammock this afternoon. I just said, forget it. Forget work. I went outside. I laid down a hammock. But I think you're doing better than I am, right? Like you're, that, you're skating in from Colorado.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Skating in from col skiing in from Colorado. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. First time I've been to Colorado since I was like seven Really? went for a, went for a wedding it was unbelievable two words open bar yes i i crushed it on the dance floor you know like dirty dancing <laughs> my my girlfriend jumped into my arms i did like the whole over the over the head dance move pickup thing you lifted we got it we, we got a standing ovation um
0: did you stand up the the wedding couple like did you show them up at their I own think- wedding
2: yeah, I think we did. Uh, you know when Genuine's pony came on? Because of course that <laughs> happens at a wedding. I I brought out a chair, and I started doing some some pretty pretty good dance moves. I started a conga line at you the did. very end. I asked the DJ to play Jamariquai, and he did, which was Dude. awesome. Yeah, and then I also uh, I, I line danced to Copperhead Road because I know I know the dance. So like my girlfriend was up front and I was the back, and everyone's like watching us to learn the, the. So basically, if you guys want to invite me to a wedding and need the the party to get started, I'm your man.
0: You you were in full control there. Did you practice yeah. ahead of time what you no, were going to
2: do? No, no, no. See, the key is my, well, my my requirements are like give me at four Stellas, one baileys and coffee after dinner because you know i gotta have my my after dinner drink you know i gotta have my baileys and coffee like i'm not a i'm not a madman and then like one i don't know like rum and orange juice like rum and pineapple and then the dance floor it's opened it's just
0: what's your go-to move on the dance floor
2: like if it's just you oh just me i do this little like Chris Brown, like type dance. I, I don't know. I don't really know for sure, Matt. I, I let the music take me, man. I let the music. I feel like a football player, like after a touchdown, like that's, that's my go-to. <laughs>
0: I'm just, I'm just trying to picture the wedding couple who is revered this day and paid tons of money to be <laughs> the center of attention. And then watching another couple like earn an ovation. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah.
2: Look at this asshole over here. Just take it, taking it from us. Yeah
0: and he paid your alcohol tab to get oh, yeah. that good that's yeah. what's great about it that dude
2: th- they had to pay for our dinner so you know thank you thank <laughs> you guys appreciate it uh oh, that's great speaking of assholes uh Le'Veon bell sorry is that too harsh <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's uh, a That's about as
0: graceful as a segue as Bell deserves at this point. Let's be honest.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I have some pretty strong thoughts on this. And the main reason why is no one has ever come out basically and just ripped on Andy Reid. Everything we've heard has been, you know, praise for Andy Reid, how great of a guy he is. And when a guy who was a malcontent to begin with, and I had my questions about Le'Veon Bell, I I... We'll get into this more, but I always was like, okay, he's kind of a malcontent. I don't know how he fits. And then he leaves basically being a malcontent and complaining. The only negative thing we've pretty much ever heard about Andy Reid. Uh, This is a Le'Veon Bell issue, not an Andy Reid, not a Chiefs issue. I I think this to me is Le'Veon Bell going, you know what? I'm washed up. I'm old. And he's acting like a grumpy old guy that's watching guys like Daryl Williams outplay him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, let's go back just a little bit, right? A few years ago, he's frustrated with Mike Tomlin, who like is another like pillar of head coaching, right? Like there's only a few in the NFL. Mike Tomlin's one of them, but suddenly Le'Veon Bell has problems with Mike Tomlin, problems with a consistent winner in Pittsburgh. And you're like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. I mean, who knows? Whatever. And he decides to hold out. If you know, if you don't remember that, you know the Pittsburgh was offering him only a series of one-year deals on the franchise tag. In his final season, Bell ends up, uh, you know, turning down fourteen and a half million dollars in a single year, not to play, and then ends up sitting out a year. And at that point, his teammates, I remember, kind of turned on him when he doesn't end up showing up for week one. By the halfway point, James Conner takes over. Pittsburgh lets him go. And so at that point, you're like, okay, well, you know, a guy wants his payday. He didn't get the long term security, whatever. He goes to New York and he does the same thing to Adam Gase. And you're like, well, that's the Jets and, <laughs> and that's, Adam. that's Adam Gase. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, it's like, okay. So maybe the first time was was some embroiled battle. We don't know. Maybe the second time was the jets. Now at this point, we're just talking about a player who just is miserable and malcontent and can't seem to stop expressing himself on social media. Uh, That's what got in trouble in, in, in with the jets. He liked a tweet that said he should be traded away by the jets. And suddenly the head coach is having to answer questions And I remember Mike Tomlin having to answer questions like, and we know late, like tomorrow, the chiefs start again with, with OTAs. And you know, some reporter, probably all of them are going to start saying, uh, Andy Reid, what do you have to say about Le'Veon Bell? And here, here, another coach has to contend. It's just frustrating. I'm sure for anyone in leadership.
2: Yeah, I love talking about overpaid running backs who were not effective at all and getting outplayed by undrafted in sixth and seventh rounders. Yeah, I, that's always fun. But at, at some point, you just got to say, you know what? He is who he is. Like th- this, he is who we thought he was. These were the questions we had when he signed with the Chiefs. everin sometimes you see the big name. You see the, oh, Le'Veon Bell, look at what he's done. Well, What what did he do in 2019? You know, he's not been good in multiple seasons. It's a running back. And again, I, I have nothing against the actual person themselves, but the position, the value is just not there. Him taking a year off seemingly was the worst possible decision for his career. Financially and as far as getting contracts or playing time going for because he looked like he fell off a cliff
0: yes yeah I, in fact i have a hard time thinking of any player decision that's played out more poorly i'm not even sure that's like grammatically correct but like <laughs> like is that the worst player decision made by anyone in the nfl in the last five years lady yeah, on i mean, taking that
2: year off i mean unless. less I think it could have been played out poorly for Ezekiel Elliott. That's the only similar situation to an extent, sure. but he had Jerry Jones who is an absolute clown. Yeah. Like yeah. Jerry Jones has made poor decision after poor decision. So like uh, we're at some point you're like, okay, the player's probably going to win because it's Jerry Jones. You can take advantage of that guy. Yeah. Like, but I can't think of, you're right. A worse decision just off the top of my dome right now, I'm sure there have been, like, I'm not going to say that like, this is the worst decision ever, right? but off right. the top, I asked of my, you
0: impromptu. Uh,
2: yeah. O- off my cranium, I would say, y- yeah, that was horrendous. By,
0: by the way, you mentioned Jerry Jones. I just have to add this. Did you read Kyler Murray's quote in Sports Illustrated about, because he grew up in, in in Texas, but wasn't a Cowboys fan. Did you read this?
2: I He's, don't think I heard about this.
0: He said he said I wasn't a Cowboys fan, quote, because they were ass. End <laughs> quote.
2: Which I just <laughs> think that
0: may be my favorite sports quote of the year so far. It makes me love Kyler Murray even more. Anyway, back back to the Espy. G- I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love it. That's such a great distillation of what the Cowboys have really been for the last generation. But uh but 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 back to Bell. I, let's play a little bit of, of, of devil's advocate here, right? Because I think, I mean, I, I don't want to defend Bell at all. I think his, his decision-making is clearly horrible on the field and off the field. But let me say this. I was scratching my head at the Chiefs postseason backfield. Like if I think back there, I'm asking myself, why do we invest a first-round draft pick at a running back And Daryl Williams is the bell cow out there in games where it's all on the line. Like you play to get to this point and a first round pick and Clyde Edwards Elair, a high profile signing, like Le'Veon Bell. Bell is a healthy scratch, not playing at all. Clyde's barely playing. Like, isn't there at least something here where maybe Bell has some like very real concerns going, yeah, I don't even know why I played you were Like, the pecking order was just odd, wasn't it?
2: Well, I think Le'Veon Bell was probably like, okay, I can win a Super Bowl. I can be like LaShawn McCoy, a once great running back who can get a Super Bowl, and the Chiefs lost, which probably threw a wrench in his plans. He probably thinks that he still has something left in the tank. Newsflash, it's empty. It's been on E. I understand. Yeah, Clyde, first off, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's going to be a phenomenal football player. I still always will hate drafting a running back in the first round. Still, in my opinion, a horrendous, horrendous move. You just don't do it. I think he was a little banged up still. He wasn't 100%, and Daryl the barrel was doing pretty solid. Like, Daryl Williams is not going to be some superstar. He's not a stud, but you knew what you were getting. He's getting a football and running straight forward. He's probably not going to find you any losses. He's not going to... Right, break off a a whole bunch of big gains, but he's just going to get it and run straight for this. Offensive line was so banged up. You can't have anyone trying to find the hole. You got to have someone who just runs straight ahead. And Daryl does that. You know, the chiefs have proven time. And I would say teams around the league have proven time and time again, drafting or investing heavily in a running back is not going to equate to a Super Bowl. You look at the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, people like to say, Oh, he's drafted fourth overall. Uh, you're not telling me that uh, Jacksonville would, would like to have pretty much anyone other than Leonard Fournette drafted at fourth overall. Like it's a bad draft pick. Um, you know, Chiefs, they want to obviously with, with Damian Williams, who was bounced around. I think he's a sixth round draft pick. Like the blueprint has been set. That's not where you invest. That's not where you focus on. Um, I, I think Le'Veon in the past did not read that right. I think that, Andy Reid knew what he was doing by playing Darrell Williams in that situation. Um, You know, I don't know about you. I I think eventually Clyde's going to take over this bell Cal role. I think he has to, to put any real value back into that draft pick. But I do think injury probably played a little bit of a role. And I think the offensive line played a role as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, those are, those are good thoughts. And I'm I'm not trying to give Le'Veon Bell credit. I guess I'm trying to, just discern what's going on what's he thinking what could
2: what could be the issue with reed and well i'll tell you i'll tell you why i'll I'll just put it in kyler murray terms it's because Le'Veon bell is two scoops of ass now
0: (laughs) i love it i almost wish we had something to to shill right now for two scoops of ass like some uh (laughs) we need a sponsor who wants to be called two scoops of ass Speaking of sponsors, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We'll be right back after a real short break. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So we've been talking about ass a lot on this show. There's a team that used to, like, the one team that used to actually live up to that word more than any other in the NFL is looking like a contender these days. Travis Kelsey even called the Cleveland Browns quote, neck and neck with the chiefs. I mean, is he just, is he being overly gracious to his hometown? I mean, he was talking to an Akron newspaper at the time (laughs) he's playing in a charity softball game. It is his home region. He went to Cleveland Heights high school, but how real, how real is that talk is, uh, how, how much do you think even Kelsey
2: believes it? I think it was mostly playing to the crowd. I think Travis was basically saying, hey, I'm in Cleveland. I grew up a Cleveland fan. I can't say, oh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to just cream the Browns. He's not going to say that. It's a charity event. It's for the kids. You know, I don't think he's going to try and crush these kids' dreams. Like, no. So I I don't think he truly believes this neck and neck. The Browns are a good team, obviously. You know, the Chiefs beat him in the playoffs. But guess what? They were still in the playoffs, but we're not going to sit here and say they're neck and neck. I mean, Chad Henney was able to close out the Browns, you know, drunk off Henny was able to do it. So again, if you need that for your fancy football team, drunk off Henny is a pretty good name. Uh, sure. But no, I, I think he was just playing to the crowd. What do you think?
0: Okay. Well, l- well, yeah, I agree. I don't take the Browns. Uh, really seriously at all until they forced me to take them seriously. I think that about every other AFC team, but let me ask you this. Are they the class of the AFC outside of Kansas city? We were, you know, we're talking about the Titans a couple weeks ago with the Julio Jones trade. The Buffalo bills are typically sort of the chic pick of people other than the chiefs. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are always kind of floating there. I get. I'm. I'm asking you, who do you take most seriously in the AFC at this point outside of Kansas City?
2: Uh, the pa- my answer for the past two seasons is the same team, the Bills. Uh, I, I. I. I know it's the chic pick, but it's the pick I've been taking for two or three years now. Like Josh, you are chic. You're chic. Yeah, thank you. I thank you. But. It's Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen, in my opinion, is the difference maker. I don't think Lamar Jackson can make the same throws when the Ravens get down, which the Chiefs we know can put up scores in bunches. I don't think Lamar's gonna be able to claw his way back. Like if it's a close game, I would say, Oh, Lamar but like the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs is typically not always as we saw with the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's gonna happen again, is too explosive. Uh, The Titans, for example, their defense is just, it's poor. Their secondary just is burnt toast. They don't scare me. I I think the Browns are a very complete team, but if I'm going by quarterback, like Josh Allen to me is a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Buffalo Bills don't have a glaring weakness, and that's my decision makers. I think Josh Allen gives me the edge over the browns. Again, I still think it's Kansas City and then the rest, but if I had to pick a number 2, I'd go with the Bills.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I don't disagree with you. I I think the Bills are being sold high and uh, I'm I'm just still a late adopter there. I'm just still a late adopter. I'm also a late adopter on on Cleveland. I I still believe in well-coached teams. That makes me a believer in Harbaugh I I don't know. I, I still think Baltimore is still pretty scary to me just because of the way they construct their roster and seem to know what they're doing. Although I understand the ceiling that you're talking about there, but uh, I don't know. I, I do think that you're right though. Kelsey is not serious. No one should be at this point. No one should be serious about anyone in the AFC other than the chiefs. That's just, that's really what it is. No one's neck and neck with Kansas City. No
2: well, if you listen to Andy Reid in a pregame presser, I think every single team is a well-coached team.
0: True. True. <laughs>
2: that it's was one not... of my favorite things I've ever done was I did a compilation from <laughs> the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl from week one when I think they that was the they played Jacksonville week one to the Super Bowl. And I, I spliced them all together. We look forward to the challenge of playing. I bleeped out the team name. They're a well-coached team. You know, the yada, yada, yada. You could not tell any difference from week one, week seven, you know, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. They all sounded the exact same. It always makes me <laughs> laugh.
0: Man, you know, that doesn't that just make you love him so much? I mean, a, like a colorful coach is, is like fun to interact with as a member of the media or or to watch as a fan, but really when it comes down to it, give me the vanilla. I mean, Andy, you know, Andy's got his bits in the locker room, you know, where he's like, he's, you know, he's full of flavor, but I just love a guy, you know, that no matter what they say about Le'Veon Bell this week to him in the presser, all he's going to say is something along the lines of listen, Le'Veon Bell is a great football player and we (laughs) wish him all the best. Like that's all he's going to say. That's it. And I love that he takes the Jacks as seriously in his comments as he does the 1985 Chicago Bears. I I just think it's great. And uh, it just makes me want to tip a hat to to a coach who we're just so lucky to watch
2: every week. Yeah, I think everyone loves him except for Le'Veon Bell. I think that's, yeah. that's about where the, where the line is. It's like, if you have a line, it's everyone and then, then Bell. Um, I also... He's got a cane now, it looked like, a little bit. He's almost... Buying into like the wise wizard type of vibe where he's like I'm the I'm the wise and you read like it 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 makes me laugh because it it, it fits him like if he kept the cane forever I I think that I'd be even more impressed with his I'd be like yeah that play is gonna work that play is a lock
0: (laughs) are you worried about his health or is this a flavor flave move is this is this just like something you kind of sport on the sidelines for a little bit of swag. Uh, or is this big
2: chain, like give him like the big clock that Flava Flav has. And I think we're really onto something.
0: I I think there's really something there. It certainly works better than, than maybe, well, I don't know. He was already sporting the clear face shield. I think Andy knows how to sport some swag. Maybe the cane is this year's clear shield out front. (laughs) And we're looking at, uh, I don't know. In two years, there's going to be chiefs canes in the pro shop. After they win a Super Bowl, and he lifts that sucker up, am I right?
2: A hundred percent. If if he rocks this all season long, and the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, it's going to be like the next thing. You know, people have like the Patrick Mahomes the hair. You know, they have they have I've the PM. Hair. Do you have the PM fifteen hair?
0: I do. I have PM fifteen hair. It was given to me as a gift, and and I like rocking it from time to time.
2: Like I think the cane is for sure for sure going to be part of that equation. I'm in, I'm in,
0: by the way, we switched topics here to Andy Reed's health and Kane and whatever, but I'm picturing right now, Steven Nelson calling Le'Veon bell on the phone and just having like <laughs> some sort of like, like counseling session or like, you know, maybe they've got like a secret Facebook group where they like hate on Andy Reed. And it's just like two members. It's just, it's just those two
2: guys. <laughs>
0: I think so. Oh, I think so. Hey, let's let's round out uh today. I it, you know, it's just occurred to me the the Miami Dolphins paid Jerome Baker 13 million dollars uh in a big extension for a young linebacker and I was looking at linebackers. Roquan Smith is going to need a deal. Fred Warner going to need a deal. A lot of big young linebackers are going to be necess- like calling in the big bucks. And it occurred to me we're looking at a Chiefs team where like Nick Bolton, we're pretty sure he's taking over for Hitchens sooner than later. Willie Gay Jr. I mean we could be looking at a Chiefs team where all the linebackers combined make about eight million bucks, including all your all your backups. They're going they're going cheap at the spot. I wanted to ask you, are you a believer that next year Bolton and gay are dependable starters like like performing at that level because both right now are question marks obviously one hasn't even had a chance but do you think that hitchens is gone and that both those guys are dependable in the middle and cost controlled for the chiefs
2: so not this season but the year following yeah 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 100 percent 100%. one hundred percent. I think Willie Gay Jr.'s athleticism is absolutely top tier, even in the NFL. Nick Bolton, while I again I'm a Mizzou guy, so full disclosure, I I could be biased, but I'm also I watched all of his games. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's the most athletic guy. I'm not going to tell you that he's the fastest linebacker. What I will tell you is he wraps up. He's a phenomenal tackler. The amount of times I heard tackled by nick bolton you know over the loudspeaker, <laughs> like the pa that's uh, good it, by the way that's was, good. thank you thank you that's another case i h red zone but like <laughs> he is a phenomenal tackler he will get in there and he's very solid in coverage again not the fastest guy not the strongest biggest most athletic guy but his iq his understanding to me really stands out and i think that with Anthony Hitchens being the the play caller, the guy who gets a lot of guys set up on defense, I believe Nick Bolton is going to fill that role. They wanted a guy who, again, might not be the most athletic, but a guy who's extremely smart, intelligent, and will take over and, and be the, the, I guess, playmaker, the guys who puts the guys in the right position on defense. That's what I think Nick Bolton's going to be.
0: Mm. do you and you're a believer in willie gay then as well i mean because we all know the athleticism is there but obviously he struggled to put something together because he wasn't like he wasn't on the field as much as he could have been even down the stretch he was he was not earning as many reps as i think maybe we would have believed by week 16 or even into the postseason so yeah, I guess I just I but but you remain steadfast in your belief there even after sort of a questionable rookie year. Yeah,
2: one. I, I don't want to make this seem like I any single rookie or any single player Kansas City has. I'm going to say, oh yeah, he's going to be a stud. I, that's not what I'm saying. These two guys specifically, I'm very very excited about. Again, I think it's just a matter of time before Willie Gay Jr. And again, the shortened, you know, COVID offseason, the, the entire weird. OTAs all that stuff that plays a huge factor and and that was a guy I think like Gay junior especially was drafted off his potential I think Nick Bolton's more of a he could come in week one if had to and I think he could make an impact again luckily he does not have to come in week one and become the play caller on defense so I think giving him one year letting Willie Gay Jr. finally have that one season and letting him develop more Just to me, I'm extremely excited, especially about this position group.
0: Man, I think you bring up a great point. And it's not just Willie Gay Jr. then that you're talking about. This is the first OTAs for Clyde Edwards-Elair. This is the first OTAs for Willie Gay Jr. I mean, certainly Lucas Niang wasn't even there last year either. Like the whole first day one and day two, this is really the first regular offseason. And it's not even fully regular, I guess. We're still dealing with various protocols, but yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Let me ask you, uh, like what are the odds? Because every off season we're given these, like there's a crazy move and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, they did it. Or they didn't do it. Whatever it is. Is there a chance Anthony Hitchens is cut by early September?
2: I want to say no. I, I just being, I know it's way more, it's a hot take if I said yes, I, I know, but my gut tells me no, I I think that he is going to be a mentor to an extent, because I think Nick Bolton will get the tab. Like if you look at the depth chart, I think Nick Bolton will be labeled a starter, but we know Kansas City pretty much runs like a four, two, five. Like So I think technically while Nick Bolton will be a starter on the depth chart, he's going to be backing up and he'll be learning from Anthony Hitchens. I think Anthony Hitchens, having a chance to speak with him, meet him, talk with him, he is an extremely down-to-earth guy, very extremely humble, great human being. I think he's a great guy to learn from, to the same extent of Alex Smith being a mentor and teacher to Patrick. I think Anthony Hitchens, to an extent, will be a teacher and mentor to Anthony. Uh, I mean, to Nick Bolton. So I think that Hitchens' roster spot is safe, almost to an extent of letting him because he was still fine last year. It's not like like Hitchens was a huge issue last year. No, he he played, he played very well last year. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't think he's really in any jeopardy, in my opinion, of, of getting cut or released.
0: Sure. I I just asked the question because the Chiefs could go even cheaper there early, sooner than later. And the, the, the profile of player is such a match there that, you know, it's like, you know, you just have to ask the question. And every off season, we're kind of blindsided by, okay, I guess that was the plan. You know, like I just, I've just i felt that a few times. But uh,
2: anyway, the, yeah, wait, I, just really, really quickly, Matt. Really quickly, the only reason I would I, I say no to is because who would you spend that money on? I, I don't know if there's another guy that they're going to because they're not going to cut Hitchens and say, "All right, we're we're good." No, you're not going to cut a player who is a. In my opinion, still a, a solid player who who is a factor, a plus, and then just have money sitting. I just don't see that happening. That's what that's where I'm at. I just can't. I don't know who they would bring in. Whether that's a defensive end, you know, an edge guy. I just can't see them releasing Hitchens just for the hell of it, saying we want to give Nick Bolton playing time because typically in an Andy Reid and especially Spags run defensive systems, it's extremely difficult for rookies to to crack the starting lineup, to get a lot of meaningful snaps. One Thornhill was the exception. I don't think just because they drafted Nick Bolton second round, he's automatically getting the keys to the defense.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important to remember what is asked of Hitchens in terms of communication and leadership When you add a regular season game to an already long season, it really makes, like you said, no sense to thin out the ranks when you're going to be fine. like You have the long-term solution in place. No need to force it to happen early. Sterling, do you have any parting thoughts for us uh, before we head out uh, today's episode?
2: Uh, What is your go-to dance move at weddings?
0: Dude, I've been doing the lawnmower... (laughs) For longer than the lawnmower has been the lawnmower. No lie.
2: You got to show me. I know I know our listeners can't see it, but I at least hey. got to be shown. We're, we're on video right now, and he's he looks like right now, Matt Connor looks exactly like you would picture a guy who's in Colorado. I know you're not in Colorado because I just came from there to look like. You got yellow glasses, a big old bushy beard, long hair, an orange beanie. I mean... <laughs> where's the j man I, I'm expecting to just to see like in the corner go off
0: to the side
2: like I hear some like Bob Marley in the background right now <laughs>
0: I turn down my no woman no cry <laughs> while you're talking and then I and then I turn it I turn it back up I'm not doing the lawnmower for you it's not a wedding if it's a wedding invite me you'll you'll show everyone up I'll be doing the lawnmower on the side we'll both we'll both toast to an open bar yeah that sounds pretty amazing
2: favorite wedding song can
0: Ooh. i guess
2: it i feel like it's gonna be like red 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 wine by ub40 that that seems you like the lawnmower to red red wine uh, you could <laughs> <laughs> Red red. do they play that at weddings oh dude yeah ub40 what's like what's your least favorite I should ask wedding song because YMCA. Oh,
0: horrendous! I'm just so done with with that one. You know what I love that most people do hate is Sweet Caroline. No, dude, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. The on. woke absolute worst of all time.
2: <laughs> I do. I sing it so loud. Oh, I just love it. Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. That I can't song. You don't like it. Build Me Up, Buttercup by the Foundations. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, what's your favorite wedding song?
0: What's your favorite?
2: I, I like the fact that the DJ took my request of Jamiroquai. You know, he he was like, Wait, I, I asked, Can you play some Jamiroquai? And he was like, the DJ is like, hell yeah, finally. I'm not getting asked to play the same song over and over. I don't have to listen to Don't Stop Believing" by Journey for the 38th time. Uh, oh, man. That's brutal. Yeah. Could you do that job, Wedding DJ? My dad did for a long time, so I used to help him out. So did he like it? He loved it, except for probably the same songs. I don't think he can eat wedding cake ever again. I think what you've had is quotia of wedding cake.
0: Yeah, I can't. I could. I don't know. Maybe I could do it. You know what? People pay a lot of money for all the elements at their wedding, and I can be easily bought. So all this stuff I'm saying is not true at all. I can yeah. be bought. I would do anything at a wedding. So yeah, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I will say dealing with people at their wedding and their, their crazy expectations for how that day should go, I would assume would lead to a lot of drama. Maybe. I don't know.
2: Yeah i i don't know i i couldn't do that i i no no because i can't listen to i can't listen to sweet caroline that's 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 my issue i can't do it i'm sorry matt but maybe
0: i can do it maybe i have a hidden power for really crappy songs yeah you have a hidden
2: power to listen to a lot of crappy songs that are overplayed (laughs) yeah that that, that seems Mm, macarena here we come oh my gosh at yeah, least, like the Cupid Shuffle is a banger because at least it's a fun dance move to it.
0: <laughs> hey, if I can play Genuine, I'm 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 okay there. Yes, yeah, so, okay. See, okay there.
2: That song is fantastic. Yeah, Pony by a Genuine, I don't think will ever all day get old. All day. Yeah. All right, man. Well, th- this was a blast. A I don't. Yeah, take us. I think we've we've had too many bad songs. If you want to list your least favorite wedding song, feel free to do it. Matt Connor, a, a, I am at home stretch KC. We'd love to hear what you guys' thoughts are. We'll talk about it next episode. Matt's doing a terrible dance move in the background. Uh, he is just completely distracting me right now, but thank you guys again for listening to the arrowhead addict podcast. I am throwing Holmes. That is Matt Connor. We'll be back next week. We're out of here